Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. It's Porchville. How you doing out there? Porchvillepod.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the places you go to download your podcast. Add us to your uh, subscription list. Show us some love. Send us some emails. Porchmail at porchvillepod.com. That's where you can find us. And you know you you know we're always right here on the porch for you too, so we're having fun tonight. I've got Katie here to my left. Hello. She's hello. gonna be popping in and out of the conversation. Um got a very interesting special guest tonight I'm I'm pretty excited about, so um but I, I did wanna did you hear about New data shows that fewer people I don't know what may the f- have see, made a fear run or that. I didn't hear that, but that just shows how awkward and amateur we are. Look at that shit. So, <laughs> Coors Light, greatest beer of all time. You know that, right? Well, listen. We've we, reduced we, that to we fact. Have, we have a difference of opinion of the greatest beer, but yes, I did hear about the Coors Light and the uh, adoption. They're, they're, they are paying 100 bucks for people to adopt dogs from now uh, until Je- February 21st. But what I did learn is they're only paying, they're paying $100 to the first 1,000 people. I think they could do a little bit better, but... That's, that's still something. That's a lot of dogs saved, though. That's a lot of people that are adopting dogs in February for their ladies. Or cats. Or cats. Yeah. But nobody's adopting cats. for. Why would you adopt a cat like that? Cats are cool. Cats are cool. I love my cats. But you know as well as I do, they are not very affectionate. They can be. Where? What? what? When they want to be. That's That's how cats are. That's crazy. Well... So we're talking affection, but um, we're going to swift ugh, shift gears and introduce Jess Mather. She's here with us tonight. Um, Jess, say hello to Hi. the Porchvillians out there hello, listening. Hello. And uh, I, 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 I asked you to be on the show because of a very specific post that you put up here on Facebook and uh it's in the uh it's it's in a group that's dedicated to you know people in the area of Gainesville and uh it started off PSA this is not an orgy <laughs> and I fucked up because that's how I was going to start off the show tonight is <laughs> Porchville Pod this is not an orgy but I totally forgot um see I get so wrapped up in the moment um so this this post blew up for you a little bit and uh I certainly read through it like, okay, it says PSA, this is not an orgy. Now I've got to read to see what mm-hmm. this is about. That was my hook. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely worked. What is it? What what's what is it about? What are we talking about here? You've got an event coming up. We have an event coming up. So that post was really intimidating for me to post. Yeah. And I knew, all right, I'm going to get a hook because I knew people would say, this is some sort of orgy, hippy-dippy, yes. weird shit. And I was like, of course. I just wanted to get it out in the open of like, we're not, this isn't an orgy. Um, that's a good thing to put out first. Right. So like, people don't make If you know that's what people are going to expect, let's just get that out like, on front street. I need to be clear. Communication, <laughs> right? That's what yes. we're teaching at the event. Exactly. So like, we need to, I need to stand behind what I teach. Um. So the event is about intimacy and connection and communication, but not like we were talking about earlier, not just in the in the sense of sexuality or that sort of more superficial. That's also important. 
but more on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a strength and rehab professional by trade. Uh, yep. So even just going into this work feels really big for me. Well, how did you come into the strength and rehab? What got you into that in the first place? <sighs> Movement has always been my meditation. Yeah. So we were talking about mental health, mm-hmm. right? Uh, movement has always stabilized me. So it's very grounding for me. So I, I think I started with uh, like abs of steel. You know, t- uh, I, re- I, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> with like the VHS tapes. And um, that was back in the, was it Billy Blanks? Who was that Billy guy? Billy Blanks what? and Ty Bo. Ty Bo. That was fucking huge. My ex met him. That, he on the online dating site, he had a picture of him like shaking hands with him. And I was like, I got to <laughs> talk to him. And I was with him for seven years. Like, <laughs> Hey, he meets Billy Blanks. He's doing something right. I know. So. I was like, holy shit. It's um, so I did Billy Blanks, Taibo, and all of these like really gimmicky kind of fitness things. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just it just kept growing, growing. And uh, somebody had asked me too, why do you work with people with really complex issues like with chronic pain and illness and trauma? And like, do you have your comeback story of like, did you have chronic pain or something? And I was like, no, but I just know the pleasure of movement. Mm-hmm. and like being in your body so i'm like how could i how could i not give that to other people yeah right so a lot of my work is very body oriented it's just it's just kind of at my root so the intimacy connection thing is kind of related in a way mm-hmm. and i was noticing that my clients who have all these chronic conditions a huge gap in their healing was they weren't connected to people because mm-hmm. typically the physical affects the mental right so if they're yeah. coming in with chronic pain they also usually have depression yeah or anxiety or i'd imagine that there's got to be some insecurity related to that they, they don't feel confident in their in their abilities to you know do something simple like move around so that's going to hinder their ability to turn around and you know put themselves out there in a, in a right. intimate sense yeah because they literally can't move through the world with strength and grace mm-hmm. right like quite literally on a physical level that's tough um and then also for the for the male clients who just feel exhausted and beat up. So it's not just people who are really physically limited, but also people who like they're still moving, mm-hmm. but they just feel like shit when they do it. I and get that. I get. I, I can definitely relate to that. Sp- okay. The past few days, I've spent on a heating pad or ice. What? How often do I have to rotate them? About fifteen twenty minutes. Every fifteen twenty minutes, just because uh, I did something really stupid. Uh, 14 years ago, 13 years ago, and permanently injured my back. So, all for the joy of watching TV. This was before flat screens. They were really heavy TVs. Okay. So, I, I think I bought the last non-flat screen television. It weighed like 800 pounds, <laughs> and I, I had to move it, and I've injured my back, or, you know. So, yeah, every, every now and again it'll flare up. So, but, this uh, is 14 years ago. Yeah, yeah, 13, 14 years ago. Anthony just was just little, and I've been struggling with it all weekend. So it's been it's been a lot of fun. He re he like re entered uh, like re um, injured it. it. Yeah. Okay. We'll just have a conversation after. Oh, sounds. We'll good. just maybe sounds before good. I leave, I'll just show you a couple of things. <laughs> um. So that's the great thing about movement is like I don't believe in like this permanence. Yeah. Oh, this is just the condition. Like that's what I love about the work is that it's transformative. Right. It's like we're all self healing. We're all self-healing. Like yeah. I've seen it from people over a hundred years old. Like I've worked in physical therapy for quite a while. So, um, yeah. And it's the same thing with relationships too. Is it's like we think, oh, I'm broken. Like I mm-hmm. had this, this event happened to me. I had an injury or I had a traumatic event, either emotionally or physically. Oh, I'm not 
there's something wrong with me. Like a lot of my people identify as broken. Right. Um, or damaged. Uh, and it's like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> like we can, ch- we can change that. Like you can end it's that It's gotta story. be, it's gotta be hard to make people really believe that though. I mean, changing the mindset mm-hmm. is I think one of the largest battles that you deal with, you know, when it comes to injuries or anything like that. I mean, my, it's, it's no secret. My, my uh, journey through quitting smoking has been pretty documented on this podcast as we've gone away, uh, gone along and it was rough. I mean, but once my mindset was changed, I mean, it was just a different ball game. Mm-hmm. So it is hard. And that's like, even with this event, right, there's a level of education that has to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's a really tricky part. Cause you saw like people are just, <laughs> well, tell me, tell me what, 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 are we doing at this event what is going on mm. like the the um it's called the union union weekend yep. the practice of intimacy it's going on on valentine's day yeah so do, so what are we doing like what's okay. the uh what does the event actually entail okay so first i have to tell you about my co-host Shoot. who's down in orlando kianga um we were speaking of intuition earlier too and just you probably know of like a um like having a magnetized pull towards somebody, mm-hmm. right? Of just like, I need to talk to that person. Yes. You, you don't really know why. Yes. And it, it, it might not even be really a good thing, but you're mm-hmm. just like, I just need to meet that person. Um, I heard what Ka- Kianga did, which she, I met her at like a networking event that my w- client was hosting at his house. Mm-hmm. And she had said, oh, I work with men on masculinity. And I was like, what? What is this? Um so in my past life, I had a company called the FemPro, and Fem stood for feminist, and Pro stood for prowess or distinguished bravery. Mm-hmm. And it was like, we're going to smash the patriarchy, and it was very much like woman power, woman right. power. And I actually stopped working with men. Hmm, I wouldn't even say stopped working with them. When I started my private practice many years ago, I didn't even take on men because I had such a bad experience with them in physical therapy. Right. And they would just, whoops, sorry, they would say shitty things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I was like, why do we want to deal with that? Yeah, they're not always that fucking bright. <sighs> Men in general. Sorry. Sorry for that. I don't want to agree with that. <laughs> I don't want to agree with that. <laughs> I think men are lovely. Um, now that we, I've done... We can be. We can be very can lovely. Be. Now that I've done a lot of work around that. And why I mentioned that is because she was working on masculinity. And I felt like that was an area that I really needed to heal around. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of the premise of the work in the FemPro was for women who wanted to feel more empowered and strong in their bodies, right? And a piece of that is women also feeling safe in their bodies. And we mm-hmm. talked about that as I went to your yeah. house here yeah. <laughs> as a I young mean, woman. That's, like, that's the thing. I mean, you're, you're a young woman. I'm some guy who contacted you on a Facebook post mm-hmm. and said, hey, I got a podcast. You want to come into an interview? There's not one streetlight on the way to my house here. It's I occasionally... As I'm driving back here late at night, I like to turn the lights off because it is absolutely, you can't see your hand in front of your face, pitch black dark. I put my big lights on. What are those called? The brights. The high beams. beams. Yeah, I don't drive. (laughs) (laughs) I work from home, okay? (laughs) I put my high beams on, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really dark and really crazy back here. So it's, you know, it's awesome that, you know, you still felt comfortable enough to come back. But I... I sense that a few years ago that wouldn't have been the case. No, I wouldn't have. And that was the whole thing with the fempros. I think I was attracting in women who had this fear around men because it's like, we got to be like strong, tough, independent women. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was I was flying out somewhere last weekend and this like thought came to me of I am stronger because of 
the men beside me mm -hmm. and I'm like ooh, I have to say something about that like I need to post and write about that but I'm like I'm sure that's gonna like trigger people yeah because women are like we need to be so strong and independent and not lean into men right and there's this like pushback from masculinity yeah so uh, kind of the root of all my work has really been about feeling safe in our bodies and particularly as I'm a woman like I relate to women feeling safe in their bodies right so reaching back around to Kianga right so she's talking about masculinity I'm like I need some more to swallow <laughs> like <laughs> what is this like there's something there for me to be healed um and we ended up actually doing a couple different events together um I went to this relates to like what might be showing up at this event oh my god this is the most beautiful thing ever um she did it in orlando i wrote a post about it and of course i didn't psa it's not an orgy and people thought it was an orgy literally my sister messaged me she's like does jason know that you're doing this i'm <laughs> like he was there so <laughs> um anyway it wasn't an orgy so so this event we went to a little house in altamont Springs. so it's north orlando yeah um, and it was a horse farm and I remember it was super dark and we didn't know where we were going. It was cold. So we went to this really cute little house and there were like half men, half women. And I didn't know anybody in the room and I brought mm -hmm. my partner and it was a lead follow class. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you know anything about lead follow dance, like bachata or salsa. Please explain. <laughs> I am not a dancer in that <laughs> way. Neither am I. Neither am I. I've I done a little bit of dancing, but nothing. Okay. So shit, I shouldn't have just said I did a little bit of dancing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i'm not a da i'm i dance but i don't do that sort of dance but the the whole premise is there's a lead right and there's a follow yeah um and the lead does not have to be male and the follow doesn't have to be female but typically that's just kind of the way that they fall into sure. it um so the whole class was lead follow and we did a couple like Man, this must have been a year or two ago. So I'm trying to remember. But we did like some communication practices in a circle. And I remember one was like the women sat in the middle. And the men were all on the outside. And they were being prompted on questions. And they were really vulnerable questions. But the men felt like they really had a safe space to express themselves. Well, which is, what sort which of questions rare. would they ask? Um, one was like, what was the most vulnerable part about being a lead? And they had to say like oh okay. this was really scary for me to like lead a woman in this way right right like men talking about their fears is not something <laughs> you, you don't want to screw up you don't want to screw up that's the that's the hard part about it is is the fear that you're gonna just screw up i mean we i, I think that's a right the root of a lot of men's fears we just you know, failure just fuck it up like the fear of failure is is big big yeah. i've learned for men and it's like and if you do it wrong with a woman like you can like, she can do damage to you. Yeah. Like, she could ruin your life if she says, oh, he assaulted me or he did something like this. Like, Oh, yeah. You know, like, you guys can be in big, big trouble and you could still be innocent. Oh, 100%. And it's a really, really scary proposition. That is, a, that is terrifying. Terrifying. As somebody who has a son, that is terrifying. Yeah. You know, I mean, my kid's 14 years old now and he's getting to that point in his life. And, you know, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to have a conversation, you mm -hmm. know, about, you know, what to do, what not to do, and you know, uh, right? Just be smart. You know, it's it's. Yeah, what what do you tell a lot of kids nowadays that they don't already know, really? But right, I, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, and I don't think there's enough attention either to like boys growing up or like how men are supposed to navigate 
this environment yeah. especially with the, like this new wave of feminism with all these women being like i don't need a man mm-hmm. like i'm financially independent so what do i need him for right and there's this like condensing of like what a man's worth is right yeah it's just it's really really messy so at the event like we did a couple like connection intimacy practices there and then we did the lead follow part so beautiful so we the dance was called kizumba um which is in orlando i don't i think i saw a little bit going on in gainesville um so we didn't I didn't know Kizomba and we didn't really like practice the dance. So we learned like a step, which is basically like one foot here, one foot right. there. <laughs> it was like boom, boom. Um, but it was such an intimate dance. Like you get really close to that partner. It's almost like chest to chest. And the woman has to enter or the follow. Sorry, not the woman. But I think in that class, it was all men were the leads. Mm-hmm. So the, the women had to learn how to surrender to the man. Right. And the man had to learn how to lead and listen to the surrender. Mm-hmm. Right. So they always think, oh, well, the lead, I don't want a man to lead me. But the surrender or the follow is actually the one leading because the lead always has to read the surrender or the follow. You know what I mean? It's interesting. Yeah. Like the lead has to always be paying attention to the follow. Yeah. Um, the follow actually leads. And that was like really big huh. for me to learn because a lot of the time we think about feminine like the feminine we think of that as being weak or she's not as strong but or she doesn't have as much control but really when you're in that more submissive surrender position you actually should have all of the control Hmm. it's actually a really empowering place to be that's interesting and there's actually a lot of a lot of different instances i could think of to relate to that but uh one in particular i actually when uh back in like the 90s 94 90 no it was like 98 jeez um, swing ma- swing music came back into mm-hmm. the fold. It was huge for like two weeks, and uh, actually, a, a girl that I dated back then she uh, she was really big into swing dancing as well. And I was I was okay, but she she knew all the steps, and she was I was the lead. She followed, but she always led, like mm. always. She she knew she was so much more advanced in it that. Uh, I pretty much ended up following, so. Well, and the thing is, if you're a good follow, it actually makes for a better lead. Right. As well. So there's there's this there's this beautiful orchestra going on. Yeah. Right? Of, like, moving in and out of different positions and learning e- how each other moves and all of this stuff. And I remember... It was it was so good. And what was interesting was like with each individual man, everything felt a little bit different. Like I could feel their resistance or I could a lot of the time feel their fear. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was so like precious for me to experience of they were in a place of leading where I was surrendering to them. Like my just my whole body language was just right. Mm -hmm. Um, And to to really tap into their fear and insecurity around it was just so precious. Right. Right. Um, I was like, wow, like they're hmm. they're not like this man just trying to control me. Like they're here with me and I can trust them. Yeah. Um, so it was really, really beautiful. Um, and I remember just thinking, like, I want to capture this feeling. So after like we did a little debrief and I remember sitting on the couch and I was like, I'm going to bring this more into my life, like this level of trust and safety with a man and knowing that he can be in charge and he can lead and that I'm okay to lean back. That's yeah. huge for women to learn, right. like for women to let go of some control and be like, okay, you lead if that feels appropriate for the relationship. Right. Uh, 
yeah and I just like made a commitment I literally like cemented the feeling in my body of what does this feel like to feel this level of safety with men mm-hmm. okay now I'm gonna step out into the world and I'm gonna bring it into my reality and I did I freaking did <laughs> and like the relationships with the, with the men from there have been so so good so the title union weekend that's what it's about right is that level of unity where men feel safe to be men mm-hmm. and women feel safe to be women and i'm not saying either like men have to lead again women you know what right. i mean like it's not like this straightforward it could be opposite but whatever it means for you and just being able to communicate and trust one another without all this baggage of mm-hmm. our past our traumas our whatever hmm. that's actually really interesting I, uh, I, I got to think that, you know, men being insecure about opening up and stuff like that. I mean, it's, it, it's a crazy world we live in these days. So, you know, I mean, but I, I guess I understand it from both sides, you know, uh, I don't know. Um, is that, is that something that brought you to Gainesville because you can do that sort of stuff easier around here? Like do what you do. Um, it's probably actually easier hi welcome back (laughs) (laughs) she gave me a weird look like is this on or i'm like (laughs) no i was just adjusting it (laughs) had to get talking with your eyes i'm not exactly sure what you said but (laughs) i thought it was microphone related welcome back (laughs) um i don't like orlando yeah (laughs) so i left orlando um so mm. there's got to be a big market of, of people that are interested. I mean, Gainesville is significantly smaller than Orlando, obviously. Thank goodness. And, uh, but I mean the, the people that, that you're going to be able to reach and, and do this for in a place like Orlando, I would think would be a better reach. Yes. And we almost did. So we actually did the, what would they call it? We called it the taste of intimacy. So mm-hmm. it was like a teaser into the practice of intimacy. And this was over a year ago. Okay. So, this was also after we did a couple other things like she she hosted some different things in Orlando. So there was several little events right leading okay. up to even the taste of intimacy. I think it was like last March or April or something. Um, and it was great. And we were looking to expand and then some personal family things happened in her life. Um, and the venues were extraordinarily priced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you have more people. But because um, we were looking at wedding venues. Right. Wedding venues are damn expensive. They're beautiful, <laughs> but damn expensive. You're really right. Really expensive. And we were looking to do a really big event. Yeah. Um, and it just, it wasn't quite adding up. Uh, so we, we paused it for a little bit. And then we moved up to Gainesville about seven months ago. Um, we had been eyeballing it because we wanted to get out of the city. Mm-hmm. So something that I do in my work that also relates to the intimacy thing, a way that I'm actually bridging the gap between movement, rehab stuff and connection is I do... Mm work on the nervous system yeah you've heard of like nervous system dysregulation or no i'd be okay. lying if i said yes okay. it's not that mainstream and it needs to be nervous system deregulation <laughs> nervous system dysregulation dysregulation or, yeah so it's a form of trauma healing so i'm in some trauma training now where right. it's we're helping to regulate people's nervous systems basically so uh i won't get too far into it um you know like fight or flight states right right Right. So the nervous system reacts to things. Our body is reacting to things all of Mm -hmm. the time. We're taking an input all of the time. When I say my intuition, right? Like when I pulled up here and I like did a little body check, 
Um, How do I feel about what the situation I'm in right now? And yeah. it's not just a, like a woo-woo, oh, how do I feel? It's uh, literally like checking in what sort of input is my physiology and my body taking in about my environment. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you see somebody and you're just like, ooh, he doesn't feel right or she doesn't feel right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the best story that I have that I can relate to that. I was in my truck. It was like one in the morning. I was in Hawthorne, Florida which is a little town just outside of Gainesville. My mother-in-law lives out there. and My wife and I were in between our uh, renting our house and buying our house, so we were staying out there for a few weeks. And uh, one night I came home, and somebody had locked the door. Mm. And I tried calling. I couldn't get anybody on the phone. So I was like, what the fuck? I'm going to end up sleeping in my truck. What's going to happen? Got, got, I, I, I drove down the road. And I drove through downtown Hawthorne. I actually was going to the store to get a soda or something. I drove through downtown Hawthorne, which their police department had just been disbanded. Because that's how small the city is. You know? what, what do you mean disbanded? They just got rid of the police department. Wow. So they but they still had a police station. They still had police cars and stuff like that that they had used previously. And I was driving through the middle of downtown. It's, I mean, one street, like, kind of. Downtown Johnson Street Johnson Street mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She grew up there So um, There was a There was a cop car Sitting in the middle Of the intersection With the lights on With the doors wide open And there was not a soul Around And I, I I'm a Concealed carrier And I thought I should See Is, is there somebody is, Cause this is a weird situation Can mm-hmm. I Can I Help here Like No now this is where the horror movie starts mm-hmm. It's time to get in the truck And just get the hell out of here mm-hmm. Because body language, my intuition Everything was, t- no, mm-hmm. this is bad You need to you need to run away mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I did I do not know what happened to that cop car I don't know if there was a You know, crazy Psycho <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street kind of thing going on But they didn't get me, that's all I know So intuition, that's a that's a it's a very big thing we should all listen to. This is how we survived as a species. Yeah. Really? Like before we had big brains and we had verbal language and it's actually called neuroception is this way that we take in information through our bodies and through our nervous systems. It's very important. That's very interesting. You could have died. I but, very well could have. But your body was like, no, like get out of there. Well, now I'll throw you, I'll throw you a little bit of a curveball, but um, some people are going to be like, oh my God, this isn't really talking about paranormal stuff but i did some paranormal investigation over the years and uh so i just go out to these old creepy jails wait a minute look for ghosts and stuff like that straight up my partner's not coming home tonight so not too crazy no no nothing nothing like that but (laughs) i'm like like, don't tell me scary (laughs) ghost stories no no nothing nothing scary but but when you're out there um and you're and you're you know doing these things uh doing these you know trying to communicate with spirits you know one of the things that they tell you to use is your body is the biggest tool that you have to Mm. use you know um if you feel you know something graze your arm or something like that like it's your your body's gonna come in more handy than a lot of this fancy Mm. technology that people are running around out there on tv shows with so that's that's all i got that's that's the only comparison that i have I will remember that when I'm freaked out in my house. <laughs> Somebody died in my house, and I'm still like, I think he's gone, and I think like he's good. But I'm usually like in my head, like, what was that? Right? Just, but I gotta like pay attention to it. it. What is it, my house? My you body just gotta reacting? command your space. 
Just get the fuck out. That's all you got to do. Just love. get out. With well, love. He was a good man. Oh, well, then, then yeah, the, the love might work. Yeah, I sent him out with love. That's <laughs> what I did when I went in. I, like, saged him, and I was like, with love. Like, oh, so you know you all leave. about the sage and everything. You'll be fine. Oh, yeah. You're fine. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite hippie enough for <laughs> the city. I, I found out. Like, there's way more hippie people, but... Um, we got a lot of we got a lot of hippie folks around here, you know, doing their thing. We have music fests all the time that are see a lot of tie dye. It's cool. I got tie dyes. Love them. <laughs> well, that's why, like, when you're asking, like, oh, is this sort of stuff appropriate for the city? Like, it it is in know. a way. Like, people are really interested here about personal development and yeah, like no, hundred percent, getting better 100%. and things that are kind of outside the box. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, anyway, you had asked me like why I moved to Gainesville yeah. too and why, and speaking on like why I enjoy the city. <laughs> like, so talking about like the nervous system, right? Like you can get really charged up and activated in certain cities or places, right? right? Yeah. Where you just 100%. automatically, your body just like, yeah, uh, it like invigorates you, you know, or it drains you. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so the big cities just like Orlando just felt frenetic to me all the time. Like just this churning kind of ug energy of yeah. people just trying to fight for space Fort myers is that way for me Ugh. i hate it i can't stand it and there's no connection and there's no community at all yes right so coming up here felt like community it felt like connection already yep right before we even had to do anything before we even had to put on events i'm like yeah. wow like this already exists and there's just this level of calm like i've never felt this settled like my whole system is just like, oh, thank you, <laughs> thank you for giving this to me. It is it is a really cool place to live. I mean, I've been here like twenty years, something like that. Katie grew up here, so born and raised. Born and raised ACR. ACR. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean the Latchua County resident? Latchua County yeah. resident. I'm learning That's the right. thing. You're, you're you're hip to the lingo. Do you <laughs> yeah. know the the do you, have you heard the Latchua County Fair song though? No. Okay, you're not it's you're not coming. totally there yet. It's then. Coming. Couple months. You'll hear right? it. You'll never forget. I can still I, I I still remember the exact place that I was the first time I heard it. I can I can I can walk you there right now. It's on University Avenue in front of Buckman Hall, across the street from the Swamp. Somebody had that damn song blaring out their window. So <laughs> it's it's like our version of Baby Shark. It's terrible, but you know. I'm slowly learning more about this city. It's great, though. I, I do love it. It's it's a really cool city. So you think you're going to be here for a while? or yeah? So we, we bought a house. Um, Congratulations. So, yeah, so we're here for a while. It's a beautiful property. The guy who um, passed in my room, he actually created a whole five acres of mature gardens. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. So I never leave, really, because my, my practice is actually virtual. That's really cool. So that's why I was able to come to Gainesville, because... I just work with my Orlando clients on the internet and then other people from all over the place. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't leave my little cove. That's, that's, that's not bad though. I mean, to have the gardens and all that stuff out so there. So beautiful. There's trails and paths and oh my God, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, now, did you have a green thumb when you started no. this or <laughs> no, have you had bad. to learn it? Or are you, st are you growing? We hired anything? a lot of people. Nice. We hired nice. the landscapers, the lawn guys. Nice. Um, you and Katie should get together and talk about how to just kill plants. Go with you know unique ways to. She she killed an unkillable plant twice. Was it um a desert rose? I was gonna say like an is it like an air plant? No. So I accidentally set it underneath <laughs> where the um 
gutter drained and it Aww. flooded it. And then an unkillable plant. I actually took it out to my mom's and she brought it back. And then I had it for a little while. Yep. And it wasn't my fault. The dog grabbed it and deplotted it. <laughs> not, and not, not her. No. Okay, not her. Never her. <laughs> She's too sweet. Um. But yeah, yeah, no, I don't have a green thumb. I can keep animals alive, but I can't keep that's plants probably alive. more important. Yeah. yeah, she's a she's a veterinary technician, so oh. so I wanted to bring up the whole uh, Coors Light greatest beer of all time, uh, you know, footing the bill on the adoptions need like that. So <laughs> love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the you know it's funny when I hear you talk about so with the intimacy. And the, you said dancing and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is there other things? I'm, I had to go get my kids some strawberries. So <laughs> I don't want you to have to repeat anything. Um, but other things, like when I think of not physical intimacy, but like the only reference that I have is like for animals, you know, like thunderstorms and things like that. You know, they have these vests that mm-hmm. they put on. Thunder kind jackets of or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it like calms them to be wrapped you know, mm-hmm. and feel that snuggle. Mm-hmm. Is that that same kind of thing? But before you answer, I'm going to I'm gonna interlude and say we never get birds and airplanes all on the same damn night, so. It's there you go. It's <laughs> like, do you still hear it? Um, so you're asking, it, are we doing practices like we're going to be? Right. Like, is that what it? No. Uh, okay. This is one way to answer that. So. I mentioned a little bit about the nervous system right. stuff, mm-hmm. right? Nervous system regulation. So you guys know like fight or flight states. Mm-hmm. And then have you heard of polyvagal theory? No. no. Okay. So polyvagal theory is really, really fascinating. It's used very heavily in trauma training where people have dysregulated systems where they get triggered like PTSD and like a veteran might get triggered by fireworks is a really simple example that we know of. Right. And like mm-hmm. he'll hear them. He knows intellectually like that's not, I'm not at war. But his body has a physiological response, right? So we need to regulate how his body is responding to stress and input through nervous system regulation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. It's really, really cool work. Um, Mm. You could spend a lifetime learning about this stuff I have learned. (laughs) Um, So on that point, polyvagal theory leans into regulating the nervous system and kind of explaining how the systems work. So this is, for example, what I was going to be talking about at the event was and relates to your point of feeling this level of safety. So in polyvagal theory, you can be in a ventral state, which means your nervous system is more geared towards connection. Like we're all pretty much in a ventral state. And now that I've done this training, like I know how to even tell when people are more in a ventral state, which is it's not necessarily like everything is really peaceful and great and perfect. It just means you're calm, you're collected, you're feeling safe and you can really connect with another human being. Then you go down this ladder, if you think about it like a ladder. So you have ventral up here, and then you have sympathetic, which is more of that fight or flight kind of state, where it's more stressful to connect with people. You're kind of like like if you're trying to get your kids out the door, right? And he's (laughs) like trying to talk to you and ask you a question. You're just like, I'm doing this other thing, right? Right? Like it's hard to connect. And then at the bottom, we have a dorsal state, which is more of a shutdown phase of when people are really anxious, um, and they just kind of close in. Or maybe they're really reactive, and they, they just they can't formulate their words right. So people who are more in a panic. Um, so there are ways to learn about where you are on that ladder. Like, mm-hmm. am I in a ventral state? Am I in a dorsal state? And it helps people where they try to force themselves into connection or communication. Like if you're trying to 
solve a problem in your relationship for example like don't do that when you guys are both in dorsal state because like you won't really be communicating or if you're in a sympathetic state right so you need to first get the physiology behind you and learn how to regulate your system and know where you are on that ladder so therefore your physiology can dictate your psychology so you can therefore better communicate not from this place of forcing or having to do a bunch of management techniques either of like well i need to go like meditate for an hour and like cover up my weighted blanket like those are great strategies to use sometimes Mm -hmm. um but we want to get better at finding more useful resources um so that we can move in and out of these states more fluidly so when she says i don't want to talk about it right now listen i should probably not (laughs) try to okay no fair enough (laughs) you have to learn like i might be talking about things of like learning how to read each other's body language too of like mm, like people will respond to you Right. We're all Mm -hmm. responding to each other at every moment without us even cognitively thinking about it. So typically, like I wrote about this. I don't know if you read this on my personal page. I wrote about it a couple of weeks ago, but I was in um, an argument with my partner like a year ago. I just really remember this. And we were in the Orlando house and he was on one side of the room and I was on the other. And I think we were talking about like he didn't check something about the suitcases when we were doing baggage, but I've flown way more than him. And I was like, no, I think you should like double check if our bags are paid for. And he was like really <laughs> mad because he wanted to lead. Right. Right. And he's like, trust me, like I'm leading this. Yeah. Um, the bags weren't checked, were they? They no. weren't included. Yeah. yeah. Which was fine. I didn't like, <laughs> it was fine. He didn't, he, he wouldn't have known that. Like he doesn't travel like I do. And he didn't read the fine print. Like it was mm-hmm. totally fine. But he, I understood like he was really upset because he's like, just let me do this thing. Yeah. So anyway, it wasn't anything even that intense, but we were in it and we weren't really listening to each other, right? Right. There was just this... And then I just like stopped and I think he was talking or something and I just went... So right now I'm like leaning back in the chair, right? So I just kind of leaned back and then he sort of softened a little. So I was watching how his body reacted and then I softened a little more, like I relaxed my jaw and he started to respond in kind from what I was doing, right? Mm -hmm. so we were communicating through our bodies without even like i knew what i was doing but he didn't know i was he was just reacting he was just responding so they say one nervous system responding to another right and then he just paused he stopped talking and then he just came and sat next to me on the bed and then we were just quiet and we just sat there and like there was more sense of settling and then he put his hand on me and i was receptive right and there was more settling and then like we could talk yeah right and we could solve the problem and it wasn't this like heated activated like crazy thing where nobody was actually being heard yeah and nothing is getting done nothing's yeah. getting done so we had to move into a ventral state we right? actually we we had a we had a conversation a while back um where we said you know if we're hanging out and we're having a good time you know having some drinks something tips us off like that's not the time one of us needs to understand like you know we'll, we'll revisit this later and mm-hmm. we, in the moment as hard as that might be we need to kind of look at each other and be like we'll revisit this when mm-hmm. you know better. and if it's if it's that important then you know we'll make the time to argue about it later and but like 99 times out of 100 it was it was something we never went back to you yep. know and uh making each other stop in the moment seem to be pretty effective for something like that so yeah or just watching how you where your partner's state is too like if you go t- to each other for like a, a problem or an issue or something yeah. and like just like watch their body language of how are they reacting is this really are you both in the right state co- to communicate right because otherwise it just it really won't 
it really won't work well. Just won't go anywhere. And keep sense. checking in too. Like even in really heated arguments, it's like I'm constantly checking in with my body. I'm constantly watching my tone of voice. I'm constantly really, because when your system gets activated like that, there's a level of, like at the baseline, one of my principles for my work, the baseline is the body always seeks safety. So yeah. if your body doesn't feel safe at some level, it's going to be like, right and activate and you're right. going to get really aggressive like without even thinking about it um so like if i'm deep in an argument and he's really heated i'm always keep checking in like do i feel safe i am safe like i am safe and then immediately once i like process that like i soften i don't need to get right. all up in his face right hmm. and then he responds in kind That's or really vice versa when he's more relaxed and settled and i'm not paying attention and he's noticing how he's reacting then I, I respond to his calmness. So what do you do if you're if you're somebody who doesn't recognize that? Like who who doesn't because if you have two people that are just never gonna turn inward and look for that, you know, like what do you do with that? They have to learn and go to an intimacy event. Exactly. <laughs> you go to the intimacy event. event. <laughs> so yeah. what what happens at these events? Like what's What's the game plan for, for, for your event? Is this an all-weekend thing, mm-hmm. a one-day thing? or? Yeah, so this would be Friday. Um, <laughs> Kianga called Friday the senses. So, like, Friday is where you go into more sensory practices. So, like, you were talking more about touch, right? Mm-hmm. So physical touch would be on Friday. Um, like, dessert and a meal on Friday, but it's like a small meal, like not like this big heavy thing, but like right. just, just exploring our senses and our awareness of our body. Um, Cause that's so important. Like I'm talking about all this, like checking in, checking in, right? Mm-hmm. It's so important even when we get deeper into like sexual connection, right? Of like, what does my body want this, right? Especially for women. I know so many women are so used to just saying yes, or like I have to push through instead of saying like, well, what does my body actually want in this moment? And do I know how to articulate that? So Friday is really about learning how to, I call it exploring your internal landscape of like what feels good, what doesn't feel good. How do I know that this doesn't feel good? How do I know that this feels good? Like with multiple things and feeling okay to say, I don't want that touch. Yeah. And like, I don't want that food because so many times, like how are we groomed as children of like, just do it, just hug your aunt or like eat that food. And it's like, Sometimes, yes, they just have to eat the food and whatever, right, to survive. But Not in this house, they don't. <laughs> and I don't have Good kids, God. so I don't know. Um, but generally, like, we're, we're kind of groomed to be obedient, especially women are, like, groomed to be in a way. Like, just be a good, polite girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, be, re- be a respectful human being, but know your yeses and nos. Yeah. Right? And know them and know how to communicate. So that's kind of Friday's more senses. Saturday is 10 to 10 a long day and that's where we'll be more doing like one to two hour segments like i would be talking up front about the polyvagal theory right and like so it's called mapping of like mapping where are you on that ladder and how do you know and what are your triggers because some of these people might have a history of sexual abuse and then you're going to ask them to like get in a room and like touch a bunch of strangers (laughs) right yeah it can be really activating for people yeah so knowing like where are you on that scale and it also helps people realize like it's okay that i don't feel safe now it's not my fault i'm not weird i'm not stupid i'm Mm -hmm. not right like there's a physiological response that's happening and then i get to just decide what to do with what i'm learning from my body makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. now how do you how do you make sure that people have you know Excuse me. Are are have enough self awareness for that for that type of situation? I mean, 
what do they what do you do if you have somebody who just doesn't really know how to get in touch with that side of of, of them that's that's telling them what it's hard and it can take a while yeah <laughs> um so we're very clear that <coughs> they are responsible for themselves sure like there have been events where i've done with kiango where like one woman did get triggered um and she got really upset over something i don't even remember what it what it was now i think somebody actually complimented her in a way and she took it the wrong way right which happens sometimes sure um but we weren't there to like mediate yeah and like coddle right Right. so like she had to take responsibility and accountability for like how she reacted um and kiango was impeccable at doing that that's why i was like she's like a good facilitator because she knew how to do so with respect right right and not like diminish what that person was experiencing but also not allowing them yeah and like allow them to be in a victim mode and allow it to like ruin the rest of the evening for everybody else of like this happened and like you can choose how you want to respond and we're all here for you so uh, so so what other what other stuff do you have going on on saturday because saturday sounds like a pretty long day saturday would also be a lot about feminine masculine dynamics Talk so about that a little bit. What's that all about? Okay, so this is kind of controversial. Um, Shoot. So n- <laughs> I like it. I like it already. <laughs> so n- some people don't agree with this, and I can understand why they wouldn't. Um, so <laughs> Kyung and I follow David Data, who was actually up here in Gainesville. You know David Data? I do Which not. is rare. Da- Data is like this internationally known man with a ton of books. Like he's been around for a long time. So I was like, what the, the uh, hell what is what what in is Gainesville? What's his, uh, what's his specialty? He talks a lot about the masculine feminine dynamics and relationships and he does coaching on it and he does like huge retreat events for like thousands of dollars. Um, He's sought after from multiple different facilitators. Um, And Kiang and I follow kind of his line of work of understanding masculine feminine energies and people don't like that kind of binary approach. And like we talked about, like leads don't have to be men. Right. But generally that's the camp people will fall into um so you talk about masculine feminine energies and i'm not like an expert at this she's more the expert in this but masculine energy is more of that going after something so the the first word that comes to mind is like a penetrative energy it's Mm -hmm. just or one way to look at it is like the man goes to the deer like my partner and i reference that of like he has tunnel vision to the deer right and he has to go get the deer it's like that hunter gatherer mentality yeah which is like at its core i mean it's it's most basic instinctive knowledge we have you know exactly so like the man normally is the hunter right he goes and gets the food deer (laughs) you go a to b and then you have more of the feminine which is a bit more flow and she's the gatherer and she's assessing a lot of things and she's looking at all the berries and she has to also watch the children over there and she also has to keep the family so she's more into communication and she needs more empathy um and both are necessary we talked about like how the feminine often we think of that as like weak or uh not as important as the masculine because we favor a lot of masculine qualities in our culture sure like climb the ladder yeah be the ceo um even in pop culture and media like we don't see necessarily a strong female role that isn't embodying masculine qualities you're 100 right right so we don't really see like what is a woman in her feminine power look like yeah right that's like completely new. When you when you do see somebody that, that that a woman that stands outside of that on her own, it's 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 rare. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's uh, 
like I don't know. I'm going out on a limb. So I mean, but somebody like a Beyonce or somebody like that who sort of you know is a star in her own right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't need Jay Z, but she's got him. You know, mm-hmm. cause she's a badass woman. You know, she's but she does it all on her own. It's her own. That's her thing. But you're. I think you're right. I think that it's it's a patriarchy, and you know, like you said earlier, for the, for the majority of. Well, and she doesn't lose her femininity with it. Yeah. Right. And women Shit, will. No. Women will blame it on the patriarchy, but the inequality exists. But I think if we keep saying the patriarchy, the patriarchy, like it sure. brings us into the victim state. Right. And it's like you're you're capable of creating your reality. Yeah. Like, um, we can do a lot as women. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have a lot of privilege as women. Like, I am very privileged as a white young female, sure. and I know that and I'm very aware of that. You have certain privileges as a white male. Yeah. Right. Um. So no doubt. No doubt about it. Right. So we we both have different privileges. I I don't feel like I'm any less because I'm a woman in certain ways. Um. So. Yeah, we'll be exploring like those different dynamics and learning how to lean into the one that we're more so. So Data talks about that each of us kind of embody a certain percentage of each. So like my partner and I have really great chemistry. They talk about the polarization of the two. So I when I'm with my partner, I'm like 80 percent in my feminine, maybe 90. (laughs) He gets he's much more in his masculine. He's much more of a leader. Like he's just his presence is really intense. He's just all of the masculine energy in him um and that's my happy place is to be more in that feminine state that is my natural organic place um and then we move in and out of those states too but learning like like if you're looking for a partner right like a lot of women are like i want a masculine man a masculine man's not going to be attracted necessarily to a a woman in her masculine that makes sense yeah like two people can't lead to the same degree yes like I, I would agree with that. And it's not always like like people say, well, is your partner always leading? Like, he, <laughs> does he just run the household? And I'm like, no. But with certain things we have, it's it's clear like he's leading here. Some, some of the most masculine dudes that I've known in my life are also some of the same guys that, you know, are just, yes, dear. They, they go home and they don't do anything. Right. Like, I mean, they, they let the, their, their wives run the show. But these are guys that I know in, you know, through business and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're very masculine, you know, at work. They're they're the they're the man, you know. Right. But when they when they're able to go home, just turn it off. If you they know, want to, then that works. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of the time the men feel emasculated in that place. Yeah. Where they're like, I got to just listen to the woman like she like she's the ruler of the house. Right. And then she continues to emasculate him. And it doesn't work, and often there's no polarization and there's no sexual chemistry anymore. Yeah. Because he doesn't feel like a man. If that's where his dominant energy is. Right. Maybe he likes that position. Like if Maybe. You, if they like it, like if the woman likes to be the dominant in the household and the man likes it and that works for their polarity and like they have yeah. great sexual chemistry, like great. It doesn't have yeah. to be one or the other, but um, w- women are so afraid of masculinity for good reason. Right. If they've been abused sure. at some level or I can guarantee you every woman, you know, knows somebody who have been abused by a man. Um, so there's reason for it. But when they're so afraid of the masculine and they keep pushing it away, then it emasculates their man. and It doesn't allow their man to be the man that they want to be. That makes sense. And we fucking need men yeah. <laughs> like really bad. <laughs> we need good men. Like I said, I'm a stronger woman because of the men beside me. Yeah. That's an interesting point. 
It really is. It's a little controversial. <laughs> you know, but it, but hey, when you're right, you're right, though. I mean, my wife here, you know, she's she's been somebody who's thrived in in a male driven mm. you know world. Uh, mainly, you know, when she was younger, she did a lot of hockey, you know, uh, stuff like that. You know, in, in playing in a man's world, yeah. you know, and having to rise to that occasion, you know, and it's not an always not always an easy thing to do. No. Feel free to jump in there. I'm, yeah, I'm over here free. stuttering over I'm, my words. I'm like, listen, like I'm I like listening to it. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was more male dominated. I think I think she I still won't let, let me pop her a with a towel because she says that she's like, no, every, you know, get off the ice or get off get off the skates and you know you in a uh, setting with just a group of boys, you know, teenage boys. Yeah, all they do is pop you with towels. <laughs> And so I got con- a lot, and so he would come at me with a towel, and I'm like, I swear to <laughs> God, no. I'm gonna punch you in the nose. <laughs> like, I just can't. Yeah. So I guess, I guess I have a little masculinity in me. Oh yeah. We all do. Say. Yeah. And and it's not like feminine is like, oh, you have to be more girly. Like I don't like feminine and tell girliness. Him, tell her, tell her, tell her what you did on the radio show. What did I, what did I do on the radio tell, show? Tell him about the radio show you called into. The which one? About the about the feminine feminine the candles. I'm drawing a major blank. When you here. C- oh, so I'm, all right, so, so I'm just dropping now the ball. now she's drawing a blank. So she <laughs> called in a radio show, and I don't I don't remember the exact question, but it was like, "Is your man more feminine than oh, you?" Oh, or oh, oh yeah, now now I remember. You remember? See, it just takes a trigger. Yeah. Yeah, and I called in and I said something about. Um, Oh, what was it? It was something about, I know my man's going to have the candles and the runner and the uh, candy I'm the one who buys bowl. the scented candles. I do the decorating. I, you know, I pick the you, colors, all that you're stuff. You're more in your feminine when you're doing you're that. You're damn right. It doesn't mean you're feminine. Me- oh, I know it, it doesn't. Out. I'm good at it. I know it looks good. <laughs> we appreciate that in a man, yeah. too. Like, you well, can't be all the way masculine. Like, a, a balanced man or woman in their feminine masculine is like, oh, thank God. I, I, think, I think for the most part, I do okay. I think I'm... You're I'm okay. Well balanced, and and if you didn't do those things, those things wouldn't get done because I'm not gonna fill a candy dish <laughs> with M and M's. No, like I'm not gonna do We'd it. We'd never have know? any candy in this house. We wouldn't. Nothing would match. <laughs> Nothing. I don't know. I could match. Maybe. Maybe, but I wouldn't have a runner. No, no, there'd be no tablecloths or nothing. Just, just whatever. That's, scented that's candles. My thing. No. Don't don't hate on my scented candles. <laughs> I love that. Like that duality works. Like you know your role. Of oh like, yeah. And it's not doesn't even have to be like set in stone, right? But you generally yeah. know like you're you do the decor. Yeah. And he enjoys it. And I I'm do. Okay I with love him it. enjoying it because Great. I I don't necessarily. I, was, I I think I I do think it has something to do with the dynamic that I was raised in. I was raised by women. You know. That um, makes total sense. I mean, my dad wasn't there until I was you know a little older. But uh, I mean, it was my my grandmother, my mother, my two sisters. You know. My mom did eventually get uh, married and brought two other sisters with him. <laughs> but even so your aunts and aunts and cousins, like women, it, women, men women. are men are few and far between in my family. So it's interesting. I read a quote when we saw all this talk about toxic masculinity, and there was a there's a statistic like most men are raised with single moms and with a bunch of women. Yeah. Like, where is this toxic masculinity coming <laughs> from? Like, it's because they don't have a lot of male sa- roles. Male I, roles and not saying it always manifests right. that way, obviously, but... Um, but a lot of times they don't know how to... Be a good Navigate man. that water, you know, once mm-hmm. they... Because 
eventually the you know puberty happens and testosterone kicks in and you know you're you start taking on different manly things whether you want to or not you know mm-hmm. and if you don't have somebody to sort of help you navigate through that you know it can be pretty confusing i would imagine mm-hmm. i was i was fortunate you know like i said i had a i had a male role model there through those years um you know and um now i get to go through that with with my son here shortly so that's we, great we to navigate that but um we need that it's terrifying terrifying absolutely terrifying i'm sure you'll do fine i think so you're integrated that's what they call it you're integrated <laughs> masculine feminine and then you can just like pass that on to your son oh yeah i think he'll be fine there he won't he won't ever have to he'll, he's definitely got his feminine side masculine side i think so yeah. we, we, we keep him pretty well balanced my daughter, she's a total tomboy. She'd rather be out there playing in the mud and, you know, oh, getting dirty and getting bruised up. She's got her body sprays and she yeah. likes to decorate. And she likes her style. Feminine yeah. is more of that, like, creative. Yeah. Right? Like, the creative, like, I just think of, like, for me, feminine always means chaos. Yeah. It just means, like, complete, mm-hmm. like, right now the house is an absolute mess. When my partner <laughs> comes home tomorrow, it's like, oh, shit, like, order. Right? Like, he's order, I'm chaos. So you, do you feel like you have to go through real quick and clean it all up before he gets there? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely. Even though he'd probably walk in and just be like, who cares? It looks fine. No, I'm about? I'm house manager. Like we have these kind of roles uh, of like oh. he works really hard. He's down in Orlando. He works in Orlando. So he's driving two hours one way mm-hmm. and he works this uh, big dental lab. He's an owner of um, a large company. They have two offices and he works very, very hard for like 14, 15 hour days. Oof. So when he comes home, Goodness. my job is to make sure that his home is nice. Yeah. That's cool though. I mean, that's cool that you do that. You understand. I mean, yeah, his home needs to be nice when he comes home. It's just a respect thing of yeah. he works so hard. He does so much for us. Like the least I can do is make sure my underwear is not on the counter. <laughs> like the very least I can do. I think I would pull one of the 45 minute cleanups. <laughs> like where you like you know they're gonna be home at a certain time it's like all right 45 minutes usually go. i can do like 20 i'm pretty quick i, I like got, i got two kids but i but yeah, i would I not mind kids. underwear on the counter either though so you i mean know, depending different on strokes. the context yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah but usu- usually it's nice it's nice for him when he comes home and honestly like following data's work like he went to that it was like a two and a half hour thing data did here in gainesville and like i swear i didn't blink the whole time because i was yeah. like holy shit this is all so true um, and my partner was the same. He's like, yep, 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 that, that works. That, that's what we do. Um, so the more we've kind of leaned to these principles, just things just flow so much easily. We just know our places, yeah. right? Like there's no conflict of who does what or what gets done here. It's just, and it's, it's balanced, but it's not like complete equal, right? Yeah. We always think like, we need to be equals in our sure. relationship. Like, no, she doesn't need to decorate. No. <laughs> like no. you need to decorate and then she'll lean into her strength. And yeah. whatever that is. Yeah. Usually telling me it's, I've spent too much money. That's, that's, <laughs> that's her strength. That's a pretty good one right there. <laughs> that, that is true. But no, I, it I, looks really I, good. I, you spent what? I, <laughs> huh? I contribute because I commend you for all that you do. Oh, and I does. see the joy when everybody comes over and are like, wow, look at that. That looks so nice. And then the look on your face. Mm. Like that's. But I will admit, I do go overboard. I'm a little irresponsible with it, so. Santa, what are you going to do? Santa vomits in every single room of our house. Oh, we're just talking. Oh, if we're talking Christmas, I have a. I have Halloween. Oh, any, any, oh. any. Yeah. 
Any any holidays where everything gets dressed up, it's 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 madness. I have totes and boxes and tons of stuff that that gets brought out. So we are also a musician, yeah, so you have my this better kind days. of creative, my younger days, energy about you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just yeah. all expression. She wrote a great song the other day. My old band was was very very thrilled with it. They were like. What the fuck? We can't play it though. We're not we're not doing this anymore. What the hell? So maybe one day. <clears throat> it all circles around. <laughs> mm-hmm. So specifically with with coming to Gainesville, um, has a lot of your the business that you were doing down there. I know you, you said you do a lot of it remotely, um, but you're still taking on new clients here now that you're getting familiar with Gainesville. Yeah, and I'm very particular in who I take in person. Yeah. Um. Typically, my work is done virtually. Yeah. Like, even I've had Gainesville clients, and it's done virtually. Right. It's it's really weird. I figured out how to do it. But I I just decided it was going to be, so it, it, it happened. Now, what, what does that entail? Like what do you do? I sit on the floor. <laughs> I, have I, like a, I have an office, and I have a, um, a desk on the floor. And then I, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. They're like back jack chairs. Mm-hmm. So they kind nope. of like sit themselves up. So it's it's like a nice cloth chair and it's very thin. And just the way that your body leans back into it, it stays upright. Um, so I sit at my little floor desk and I have my little webcam and I coach people virtually over the Internet. So I can see them and they can see me. And I have created the most amazing relationships. And oh, my God, it's, I love my clients so much. So when you're coaching them through, like, you're talking about for for movement and stuff like that. It's mostly movement, but also nervous system regulation stuff. So it's called somatic experiencing is the training I'm in. So we're doing a little bit of SE work, too. So it's a combination between movement and SE. Is it hard to gauge people's movement and that sort of stuff, doing it from a virtual standpoint? I've done it now for five years virtually. So I've gotten really good at it. And I've gotten really good at verbally coaching because it was it's too time consuming to like get up and show movement right or do it together and then i can't see what they're doing and it's so important because these people their bodies are so sensitive like i can trigger them with barely anything so i have to it feels like doing surgery sometimes like all right we're gonna move just enough just enough when you say sensitive like what what are we talking about obviously you know we're not talking about anybody in particular or specifics but what sort of what sort of uh, issues are are, are you seeing more of the clients that have been coming to me recently have a really complex uh, history. Yeah. So one actually on my drive over here, I was so happy. I might have cried a little in the car because um, she has extraordinary complex trauma, yeah. like some of the worst sexual trauma you can imagine. And she has an extraordinarily terrible disease because of it yeah. like her her body is basically attacking itself oh wow it's, it's really really intense like the, yeah. the people i'm working with their stories are really intense and it's i have to really ground myself yeah, and yeah. not get too involved I imagine so. um because i've worked with them before in physical therapy and actually like it started to affect me i'm like okay distance um but it's that, that's, so that's rewarding that I, I, with I, I can tell you you know katie's had to put down i don't know how many animals over the years she's been doing it and, you know, you hear a lot about people all the time, you know, who just drop their pets off and, you know, bye-bye. You know, that's it. And then they go get taken back and stuff like that. 
she's had to sit there with people like that, you know, with, with animals like that, that, uh, you know, where she's been the only, the last person that they're, you know, going to be with and, and that sort of stuff. And the toll was tough. I mean, even for me, you know, through her, it was, it was tough to see her coming in mm-hmm. every day, day after day after day after day, seeing that drained look. And mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, she came to me one day, I don't, uh, there was, there was a litter of kittens or something that, 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 her, that were all sick. Mm, and she just had to sit there putting kittens down you know like you're like it'll burn you out well that's tough vet techs are like or or veterinarians have like one of the highest suicide they actually were going to send me before i left i was there for about 15 years and before i left they were actually going to send me to go and speak to somebody just to get my feelings out because Mm. it was just a lot a lot you see a lot you go through a lot and um i actually the opportunity arise to be able to step away and so I stepped away and and took care of my grandfather and then started the journey of nursing school because I'm also like I can't wrestle pencil my life but <laughs> it was that burnout stage mm-hmm. and two and a half year break and I'm back at it again <laughs> yeah she's back but it, but back but it's a little bit of a different I'm before a different it was more mindset. of a mom and pop kind of thing so mm-hmm. having to you know, go over and do a lot of those type of things, you know, putting animals down, stuff like that. Um, jobs that are generally, generally reserved for a doctor and stuff like that. But no, you're saying no. Me being there assisting. Yeah. Well, you're, you're assisting, of course. Right. But, um, but yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a really tough thing to see her go through all the Mm -hmm. time, you know? And, uh, it's hard work. It's hard work working <laughs> working in those environments, but you get pulled back into it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's just you don't know why. She loves like, doing it at the end of the day. Though. I really that's love doing that's it. That's it. And I've tried to go in with a different mindset of, you know, I don't have to do it all. And mm-hmm. um, I'm there part time. I'm not there full time. I don't have the responsibilities. I can just go in and do my job and enjoy my job and come home. Mm-hmm. You don't and have to so take I'm it with like, you. Yeah. So I'm just like. Coming into it with a different mindset. Yeah. Still doing the school thing, though. So that's got to be the same, like, with you, with work, getting too close to something. You know, okay, let me put up these, not boundaries, I guess not walls, but, you know, like, just yeah, a I little think boundaries and walls is a pretty good <laughs> term. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, like, energetic boundaries. I actually do, sometimes I have to do, like, processing work. So it's like I have to, so it's like trauma work, right? You have to process feelings out in a way mm-hmm. when you're dealing with a lot of trauma so like i will mourn for my clients i will be sad for my clients and feel all these feelings that i need to f- that need to move through me but i do it outside and in a control I, ca- I call it my mmm practice my mmm practice is you movement do. meditation and music and i go into a space so we actually have two sides of the house we have four bedroom and it's just the two of us and my dog but it's my room in my office and his room in his office and I say, I'm leaving now. <laughs> I'm going to my <laughs> space and I'm going to process and I'm going to like move things through me because it can be really hard and, and you don't want to put up too many walls, right? Right. Like you want to be with them. But um, somebody said it's a difference between like having too much empathy and then just having compassion where you're not absorbed in their story because then you're not helpful. You're not leading. Right. And like I very much have to be leading them right. out. And if I'm absorbed in it, like I can't do that. Um, and I'm not working like when you're saying like, what exactly does the work entail? I'm not helping them with their trauma necessarily. Right, right. 
I just need to be aware of like knowing certain movements, even breathing sometimes can be um, triggering for somebody. Like even if we're just focusing on like diaphragmatic breathing, uh, that can feel like somebody's about to have a panic attack. Right. So it's called titrating. You want to titrate a little, go a little bit into it and then back off. So you're expanding their capacity to be with more, to be with more movement, to be with more breath, to be with sometimes a little bit of the discomfort and the pain, but also Mm -hmm. to even be with more pleasure too. like people who have all this trauma, chronic pain, like they just shut everything down. Yeah. Like they don't feel. So my job is to get them to feel and understand their body and learn that internal landscape. And then, of course, obviously, if they're feeling the physical pain, they're shutting down, then they're not going to feel that motion, uh, the emotional, you know, mental. They're not going to be able to connect with others either. Intimacy and all that stuff, yeah. Yeah, so it connects. It, it was does. nice when I, I figured that out like a year and a half or so ago. It's like, oh, these connect. And also there's um something called the biopsychosocial model, yeah. which talks about chronic pain is that it's, so I'm working more on the biomechanical side. Like I'm working on the musculoskeletal system and the nervous system, right? I'm doing actual movement. But then there's also the social side, for example, and the psychological side of like chronic pain isn't isolated to one thing. Chronic pain is very complex and we still don't know everything we know about it. It's not always just a mechanical thing. It's not always just an injury. So like with yours, your body will create patterns of like this triggered it. So anytime he does this thing, I'm going to trigger and I'm going to tell him I don't like this. Yeah. Right. Damn sure does. You need to repattern (laughs) it. (laughs) Every time I move furniture. You just need Every to re- you just need to repattern it. So your body is set to learn this means that, and f- we love and patterns. The, muscle, the muscles then coincide with that. Exactly. It's I'm just, just responding. It's my brain going. We want some painkillers this weekend. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. And, the, and he doesn't take any medicine. No, no, I don't like medicine. I don't. I don't like pills. I don't like meds. No. Mo- and most people don't. Actually, one of my past clients, he got addicted to uh, opiates, and they. They didn't even screen him to see if he had a history of drug addiction, and he did. And then they put him on opiates, and he got addicted, and it was a mess. And no they thanks. Didn't, they didn't inform him on that at all. So, and yeah, like a lot of these people are like, I'd rather live in pain than be on those. Oh drugs. yeah, hundred um, percent. At least then, uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling alive. I'm gonna know. I'm feeling right, something. Right, you're not a zombie. Yeah, forget about all that. I can't do yeah. it. I mean, I you know, I know that I know that there's a lot of people that that do take you know stuff that you know they, they they genuinely need but i just can't i just can't do it there are other tools like movements yeah <laughs> like exactly what we're talking about yeah well i'm definitely I'm, I'm a, I'm a, i think uh i think the mind can achieve a lot of things that we just don't even know yeah mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't think we have begun to know what we're really capable of doing you know with our with the mind and um when I when I quit smoking, I smoked for how old am I? I'm I'm almost forty. Um, I started smoking full time when I was sixteen. I started, you know, I picked it up here and there when I was like twelve, thirteen years old, and uh, it's been like five months. And it was it was it was an incredibly difficult five months. It's uh, only been five. It's months? It's only been five months. Wow! Was, I take that back. It was an incredibly difficult three months. Like the initial three months, ninety day period that they always talk about as being a really tough go was a really really tough go mm-hmm. and i didn't quite understand it all until i was kind of in it and i'm really glad i was able to sort of figure it out at the time but um it, it sort of became a point where it was like i would out loud have to tell myself 
Like, you were not going to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care how much you want a cigarette. You're not doing it. Tough shit. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I would tell myself that in those really, really rough times. But, I mean, I knew at the end of the day that it's it's all chemicals. You know, nicotine and all the shit that's in your system. I mean, you know, when you decide... That's it. I'm done. And you really start clearing that stuff out. Um, the first couple months were okay. Uh, but the last four to six weeks, maybe. I mean, we're talking depression, anxiety. We're talking suicidal thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just the gamut. You know, all the bad shit that happens, it was, it was just going down. And a lot of that was just because those chemicals were getting cleared out and my body was not happy about it Mm -hmm. and I went through that for a few weeks um, until I was able to really realize what was happening and but when I realized what was happening it became a lot easier you know because it was that acknowledgement of oh I get it I'm not really depressed but there is some chemical imbalances going on in my body right now that have got to get worked out but Everybody in my family smokes. I've basically been around cigarettes and nicotine for my entire life, mm-hmm. you know, because back in the 80s, we weren't too worried about, you know, parents smoking cars. We didn't even have mm-hmm. fucking seatbelts in some of them. So mm-hmm. we call that being the observer. Yeah. It's like in somatic work where like you're being the observer, you're observing your situation of like this is happening, yeah. but this isn't me. This doesn't have to mean anything. Right. Like, this is just how my body is responding yes. to, the, to what I'm doing. And it that's OK. Sucked. And it sucks, and you just kind of, like, watch it happen. Yeah. Right? You're just like, I'll just be in this experience, but I'm not going to get consumed by it. Well, it's it's definitely made me realize um, that I'm never going to fucking smoke cigarettes again. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to go through that last couple weeks ever again, because that Mm -hmm. was terrible. I bet. It was absolutely terrible, so... But but a lot of it was that, you know, mind over matter. That bird is going to town out there! I've never... (laughs) <laughs> he hasn't stopped. He's blended in for me. It's yeah. kind of background. Noise. I want to know how many people have turned it off already and have just I can't fucking listen to that guy. All I can hear or is a bird. Or maybe they YouTubed it already for you. Or maybe they're taking a shot every time. <laughs> yeah, they could be careful. Every time them. the bird goes. <laughs> they're at like shot 20. <laughs> <laughs> we really do record this outside on a porch. So I'm not lying to you. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was just a really interesting revelation that was one of the things that really drew me to your post because you know you were talking about intimacy and mental health and you know it just sort of all the all of these things combined and you know with with my situation i've learned how important mental health really is mm-hmm. um <laughs> <laughs> i mean i can't i can't say enough about it i mean i've got friends that are trying to quit smoking and i've talked with them and you know just a lot of different things like that. Um, I've been I've been singing the praises of mental health for a little while, so. And we're trying to get rid of the stigma around it. Yeah. Of like it's okay, like yeah. it's okay that people have anxiety and depression, all these things, and it's been really beautiful to have more of these people reach out to me personally. Yeah. Like when I, that woman who reached out with a lot of complex trauma of saying like, 
I really trust you. Yeah. Like, can we move forward with this? And it just like, my heart just like exploded into a million pieces. I'm that's like, awesome. wow. Like that's the biggest compliment to get is like, I feel safe with you. Yeah. Especially somebody with extraordinary trauma. I'm like, holy shit. Like this is the best compliment I could ever receive as a practitioner. Awesome. Um, cause it, there's a huge stigma around it. People are ashamed for it all the time and people Why don't do know how to. Is? Why do you think people are so ashamed or afraid of mental health? Or not even ashamed, but shamed. What the fuck is going on? Outsiders. I think maybe confusion of what it means. And then I think, what is it called? Like projection of like, if something's wrong with us, then we're like, you know, or like if a woman comments, like, I don't like your body or whatever. Like they usually don't like their body. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Mm -hmm. They're just projecting themselves. Um, I've never thought about it that way of why there's a stigma, but I mean, ment- people with mental health problems, they do crazy things, right? They kill people. There's yeah. mass shootings and yeah. um, this whole thing with like the, <laughs> I was at a dinner party and they're talking about gun control and they're like, we need, one camp was like, we need to take away the guns. And another camp was like, we don't need to take away the guns. And I was like, they just need fucking love. <laughs> like these people are sad. Yeah. These yeah. people are sad. We are not Unless you're a literal psychopath, right, and you have real chemical imbalances, yeah. but still, there's typically always a trigger, some level of abuse or yeah. something, trauma. or yeah. trauma that triggers something, and then they don't have the support and the resources that they need, and they just fucking want love and connection, yes. and they can't access it. And it is, it is, it, I think it is, it is by far a much scarier world that we live in nowadays for shit like that. Just the, and I'm not talking about even the school shootings. I'm talking about People wanting acceptance, wanting to feel love and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff that, you know, it just doesn't seem to be happening the same way it used to be. You know, kids are picking on each other so much worse and so much yeah. more than they were 20, well, with the internet, <laughs> 20 something like, years ago. Yeah. The internet, it doesn't stop. Like, yeah. Right? Like the yeah. It doesn't continues. it doesn't end when they go home. You know, now right. there's Facebook pages and Snapchats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Is that what the kids are still doing? Are they still doing Snapchat these days? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus, I don't know. TikTok. TikTok. That's the new one. It's the new one. My daughter is a uh, TikTok wizard. She loves making TikTok videos. So, closely monitored TikTok (laughs) videos. But that's a different story. So, so how do you you combat that then? You know, how do you combat people? uh, What do you tell people that, you know, may be experiencing some sort of a a block not wanting to take those steps not wanting to open up and be intimate because you know their history their history come to an intimacy event (laughs) 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 um they need to start really slow and they need to understand that they're okay yeah and that's what i think that like the nervous system work and understanding like your physiology dictates how you're showing up and your behavior and your habits Right, like your body was literally like controlling you, like get the cigarette, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So it's the same sort of thing of kind of understanding. Okay, I have this issue. It doesn't mean this, this, and this about me, right? Because yeah. then if you think like, oh, I'm depressed, everybody hates me, or I'm stupid, or I'm weak, right? Like we create a narrative. So I call it the spiral. Yeah, like we go into the spiral of. Um, thoughts that just aren't productive and we need yes. to get out of the spiral to actually move forward getting out of that spiral is really really hard too yeah so that that's what some of that nervous I used to have a cigarette to get out of the spiral and then exactly. fuck, you know right 
yeah getting out of the spiral is and and that's why we do more body-based work because you can't really think yourself out or you can but it's very very hard yeah. to just like i'm just going to willpower because we only have an infinite amount of willpower we know that yeah. um we know that through studies so yeah there's other ways to make it easier and to get out of the spiral to get out of the spiral because i would see that with my chronic pain people right of like oh my god i had a flare like autoimmunity right like one of my clients today she's really struggling with um some autoimmune flares because these people all get sick often right sure. their their immune system is very compromised um you know and it was like well i might have to go to the doctor and then like this might happen and then i might have to be on more antibiotics and do and he's like okay we're gonna go crawl around and play on the floor now yeah <laughs> yeah right and yeah. like we were using more of a management we could have done some other things for her spiral but like us talking it through can make it harder and sometimes like you know, with some like counseling and stuff, they focus so much on the problem. Well, let's talk about all your trauma and your, your spiraling and your stress and let's yeah. like rip it apart. And with this work, it's not it's like we don't ne really need to talk about it. We need to not ignore it. Yeah. Not use just like positive psychology and pretend everything's good, but expand our ability to hold both the pain and the goodness. Yeah. Right. Like acknowledge both and know that your suffering doesn't define you as a person. It can exist like it's part of being a human wow i'm 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 like fascinated <laughs> i really am it's like fascinating work it, it really love is what i do that's it, it, that's amazing in itself because if you don't this certainly isn't the line of work for you to be in if, no. you, if you're not loving this well and it's also my own practice so i'm not only doing the work the deep work with my clients but it's also i'm marketing i'm doing launches i'm creating all the websites i'm doing everything in the back end um as well yeah because it's so it's so important i can't i can't not do it that's i can't not do it and honestly it's funny because i mean that's a lot of what what i have to do here is you know the the marketing and promotion and doing all that stuff mm -hmm. and getting it out there and the only reason that i do all of it is because i love doing this you know, I love talking mm -hmm. to people like yourself and getting their unique stories and finding out, you know, shit I had I had no idea about. You know, th this is what I love doing. And uh, so it makes all that stuff a lot easier to do, even though I don't really want to do it. But and I know. outsource some of it once you get <laughs> to the level. You're like, ah, I don't want to do that. You can make my website like you can do this. Oh, somebody who knows how to make a website, huh? Yeah. You just we, might have to, we might have to talk about that. I mean, I may need to. Uh, See who you're outsourcing to. Well, website building, I actually enjoy it. Do you? I just finished mine today, actually. Oh. I was like, holy shit. Like, I, I enjoy it, but then, like, you're ready to be done. Yeah. Um, I hate it. I really enjoy it because it's creative. Like, for me, it's, like, decorating. It's, like, I want this here because if I just send it to a designer, like, it's never... I've done that before, and it's never really what I want. Like, yeah. I could do this better. Yeah. You know? Because I've been working on the internet since I was, like, 12. Like, I've been building websites since I was 12. Um, so it was just, I'm a millennial, right? I'm 29. So it's kind of in my blood. Yeah. I was on AOL at like age five. <laughs> like my dad got me on it. We had dial up. He's like, try this. five. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. was on, I was on AOL. I was like 14, you know, when it first came out. Yeah. My, my partner's close to your age. He's 30. You said you're almost 40. He's 37. Yeah. I'll be 40 in seven months. Yeah. Six. Shit. It's February now, isn't it? February, Six yeah. months. Damn it. Good old 36. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have internet until I was like 
You didn't have internet until we were pretty much married. Until yeah. I, I gave you <laughs> I the internet. My like, what is had, this? My older brother had internet, but I just really didn't. It's my normal happy place. So yeah. people are like, oh, my God, it's so crazy. You build a virtual business. I'm like, this is easier for me than trying to build a practice in person. <laughs> like, it's just so much easier for me to talk to people virtually. And that's one of the reasons why I came out. I'm like, I cannot be in my bubble. I love yeah. connecting in person. Like, I have an in-person client now. And I'm like, whoa, like, I can touch you. Like, I can put you <laughs> where I want you. And, like, it's just a different experience. Like, I learned... I've been doing this five years and I was talking to another somatic practitioner and he was like, yeah, but virtually you can never give eye contact. I was like, Whoa, you can't because you're either staring at the webcam into the webcam, right? Which is usually like above the screen or you're staring at their face and they are looking at and yeah, the eyes like, the Fuck, you can't huh. even get eye contact, wow. which eye contact, like soft eye contact is a way to regulate the system. It's called co-regulation. So I'm like, I can't even co-regulate the way I want to virtually. <laughs> like, because touch, I'll use touch is also a regulatory thing of like putting your hand or other body parts in certain parts. Like there's, we use it to help settle the system. Yeah. Um, Which works really well. But I'm like, shit, I can't do this virtually. <laughs> so I've had ideas of like gathering all my clients together and like doing some sort of, oops, some sort of like general big event. Yeah. That's more related to the work that we do on like movement and chronic pain, and that's cool because they're all kind of spread out. It's really fascinating. I mean, it, it to me, it it really is. It's just fascinating how it all ties together. I think, and that's uh, what you're saying about you know the the eyes and connecting and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. It's so right on. It really is. Because there's a quote like we are an organism before we are a, a person or something like. Huh. At our base, like we're just an I, organism. I, I, I've always, I've always <laughs> felt animals. really, uh, really sort of interested in that, um, you know, that that root instinctual, you know, like nature that we have, that animalistic nature that you know mm -hmm. that that's that's in there. Um, it's undeniable. Uh, yeah, like you just, and if you try to work against it, like it's literally working against biology, and right? Physiology, like it's I, not yeah. going to work. I've had some conversations with with some friends, not on the show, but um, just along the way, you know. Um, and and I do, I truly believe that. I, I think that that's why when I say, you know, we don't know what we're truly capable of. I think that's mm -hmm. all wrapped up in there too. I mean, yeah. our 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 instincts, you know, when it, when everything just breaks down. You know, that's that's all you have left. We're so resilient. Yeah. And that's what the somatic training is, too. When people feel broken or like I have depression or whatever, it's like you're not like you you have an innate resiliency just because you're a human being. Right. Like it, it exists no matter what has happened. Innate resiliency is there and we can we can build that resiliency or really we're just recognizing it again. Yeah. You can get them to where they want to be, but. You know, they, they also have they have to want to put in that work, too. Mm -hmm. They I have imagine. to not be the victim. They have to yeah. be accountable. That's got to be really hard for, for some, though, to, to shift those gears. I typically will take the people who are already, because I'm not cheap. Yeah. <laughs> put it that way. Like, I do very good work, and I'm very detailed at my work, so yeah. I charge a premium price. Yeah. Um, so they're typically already at the point, like when I get somebody in, like they're they're ready. They're like, all right, I'm making a large financial commitment. Yeah. I'm I'm in this, you know. And then, does they have to show up like I show up? Right. That's wild. And it's great. <laughs> awesome. I 
freaking love my clients. I have one out in Denver and I get to go see him over the summer. Like I'll, I'm going to fly out there and I'm going to go to events kind of similar to what we're putting on. It's five days. <laughs> Talk about intuition. When Kianga told me about it, she's kind of casually said it actually when we were having lunch over when we were d- planning this intimacy event in Orlando yeah. and she mentioned like MMM. It's called MMM. What's my practice called? MMM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a movement meditation something and it w- I went to it last year and it just completely blew my mind. I mean, it was one of the most transformational events I ever went to. Um, so obviously I'm going back this year. And that's in that where is it? Uh, is that in, in Denver? Loveland. But I'll fly into Denver. My clients in Denver. Right. And I've been with him 2 years or so. My clients will stay with me a really long time. Denver's a wonderful place. I've never been, but oh. Intend on getting there. out there it's my at some point. It's my third home. Yeah. Because I'm from Maine. You're so from Maine. I'm born and raised in Maine, so we're going to start being snowbirds. It's like that, that's our thing. We should have talked about that earlier. You're from Maine. I'm from Maine. And you live in Florida. I moved out when I went to college so when I was 17. I went to Jacksonville and then so I went to Denver. You came from Maine to Jacksonville. Yeah. That had to have been a shock. Oh, yeah. I... I would I rather go to Maine how personally. Racist people here were. I was like, <laughs> "There's more diversity," and I was like, "Because we have like two percent mixed races, yeah. right? Like it's ninety-eight percent Caucasian, yeah. and everybody is really easy there." Yeah. Like, if there was any diversity in our high school, like we were like, "Ooh, who's that kid?" <laughs> like it's like, "Whoa, like, he's special or she's special," right? Yeah. Um, so it was really. I didn't like that, and then. It's a different, I mean, different I, culture and driving. It's a different here. culture, different world. It's like 20 lanes on the highway. My, <laughs> my poor father, my parents had divorced. And so he hadn't really been with me much since I was like nine or 10. And uh-huh. here I am as like 17, 18 year old girl. And I've got my grandma's car she gave <laughs> to me. And I'm like driving in Jacksonville. And he's like, no. Oh my and God. And I like would go meet up with my, my, ironically, my boyfriend at the time was from Jacksonville. So like he had family there and I remember and he was kinda it was kinda like a ghetto area. It was a pretty ghetto area. My dad just it was panicking. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. No nothing but love for you, Jax. But we it, all know the truth. It was a good it was a good city for me for the time. Um it's a fun town I had some fun in Jacks. Renee lived up in Maine and I yeah. went up there. Was it I'm gonna botch the name, but it's like Bang Bangor. Bangor? right up in that area it's so just like nothing n- th- nothing but <laughs> gorgeous <laughs> yeah it's, like it's quaint everything's beautiful but gorgeous that's and why we air. love it oh the air was so like step out and all i smell is like pine trees <laughs> i swear to god it's christmas and it's not even the time you know so it, i would go to a beautiful. place like that and i would just never want to leave until it's not to jacksonville see i'm from i'm from flint michigan the drinking water capital of the U.S. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I've been through a few a few winters. Never never a Maine winter. I hear it is pretty brutal up there. there. It just it sucks and everything's uncomfortable. And I just, I don't like wearing clothes much. So <laughs> I'm just, and my dad was in Jack's for a while. So I was familiar with Jack's because like, I would spend like a month in the summer yeah. with dad. For like several summers. So there was like a familiarity of like just sweating all the time. Yeah. But I'd actually take that over. There's just this harshness about Maine that just makes you want to contract. Right. Um, even when I went to Denver, Denver blew my mind. Like it was so beautiful. And then later I realized, so it's the mountains, right? And I later realized yep. I'm, so I'm, I'm like 75% Polish or something. And 
I learned that I still have family out in the mountains in, in Poland. So oh, I'm like, wow. ooh, there was like, because there's just a pole to Colorado. Yeah. There's just this, oh my God, I'm so in love with Colorado. I'm like, oh, it's in me blood. <laughs> um, but the coldness, like I could have stayed there longer. I stayed there two years and I, w- I literally said I was with um, the Taibo guy at the time. Um, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. Like, I got to go back to Florida. And I feel like an asshole for doing it. Like I cried <laughs> so hard driving back to Florida. I'm like, what am I doing? So it's nice that like I have a client out there yeah. and I'm going out there and I want to create more of like, a I would community. think for what you do though, Florida has got to be one of the best places no. to do it. Really? It's probably w- one of the worst. Really? I'm surprised. People, I would just, I think like you'd want to be outdoors and, you know, doing stuff outside and, you know. People, well, one in the big metro cities, people have more money in there to invest, right? So, like, I'm very grateful I'm not dependent on the Gainesville economy. Yeah. Just put it that way. Yeah. Um, I know there's a lot of bartering here and things that go on, which is great. We've had, yeah. Yeah. Like bartering and like friends doing offers for each other and this kind of like, trade trade and the businesses are kind of like lax yeah i'll get Mm -hmm. back to you in like two weeks i'm like what (laughs) (laughs) like in in orlando you'd have five companies competing for your business and i'm so used to that so it's it's been a real it's been more of a shock actually coming from orlando and from big major metros to back into a small city yeah of like whoa like things are just done here differently and i have to kind of navigate what that means where i sit yeah um but i actually got more leads like out in denver for example is like boulder for example is really into development actually somatic experiencing the hub is in boulder yeah um so florida i don't know it's more there's still some of that like southern culture where right they're not mm, as healthy yeah health oriented like boston is another great city for this work don't, don't try to take away the sweet tea now <laughs> <We're not doing laughs> people said grits i was like what the hell is grits like <laughs> sweet, why are they calling it sweet tea do they mean I sweetened iced tea <laughs> yeah I've, I've lived in florida my whole life and i've never had grits I'm, i don't want grits I, they're I pretty good had, I, I like them i don't I think don't, they look they good i like them i don't yeah you know, it's just like i mean and i don't drink sweet tea either yeah, she yeah. Doesn't. and i've lived here my whole life unless i trigger and then What's I that? Oh, it's just Coke. <laughs> I know it right when it hits. It's hilarious every my time, though. And I'm just like, you hate when you like drink something, you're expecting something, and right. then it goes down. It's very disorienting. It's the taste buds, and it's just like, no. I did yeah, that one time drinking awful. orange juice, thinking it was milk. That Ooh. was a shock. That scared Let the hell out of me. Let me think about that. You drank orange juice, and you thought it was milk. Well, I, I was expecting milk. You were expecting milk and it was orange juice. It oh, that's not juice. good because yeah. it's a sour. Citrusy. <laughs> it's like, what the hell is wrong yeah. with my milk? Uh, yeah, I thought I thought it was like coming back up. Scale, and I was like, oh, like, that's uh, right. You're right. Normal, it's acidic. <laughs> Oops. Oh, that's right. I poured orange juice. My bad. Yeah. That was fun, though. But anyway, do you have uh, you have any websites you want to talk about? Or um, where can people come and find you? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, you can go to rehabited.com. I'm building the website, right? But I didn't okay. buy the domain yet today. I'm like, damn it, I gotta buy another domain. <laughs> but right now, I'll probably link the two. So it's rehabited, rehab is in rehabilitation, and then I T E D. So I, I combined restoration or rehabilitation and inhabited because yeah. we're inhabiting the body. Yeah. Right. So 
that helps you remember rehabited.com. It's just rehabited.com or should they should they go on Facebook and look for you or anything like that or You can find me on the Facebooks. Find you on the Facebooks. I'm I when I first moved here, I made a commitment to myself I'd like thrust myself into the community. Yeah. So I started adding a bunch of Gainesvillians oh, yeah. and then I just like, oh, well they have 10 mutual friends, so I must I should add them and like <laughs> So there's probably somebody listening to this like, oh, I'm already friends with her on Facebook and I actually I've never met her. I yeah. don't know her. Hey, I just that, added that's, that's the way to do it. I mean, when we launched, uh, you know, a few months back, we that's what I did. Went on Instagram and just started liking everybody who was Gainesville associated. Uh, mm, that's and, a good idea. I didn't go on there. Um, and then they, in turn, would like me back and, you know, all that good stuff. So it, it definitely helps. Um, there's a lot of resources around here. Um, for instance, this podcast, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to put it out there and uh, tag you in it, copy you into it, and uh, do whatever we can, try to get some people out to the event. That'd be pretty awesome. Thank you. And uh, you don't even have to worry about giving us kickback or anything like that. So. Well, obviously <laughs> I'm sharing it on my page. And Heck I have, yeah. And I have people from all over. So is there, any, is there anything else you want to uh, plug before we, before we wrap this up or anything you want to tell the folks out there in Porchville? I think I'm good, and I want to go pet your dog. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw her walk away. I'm like, she was so snuggly. She's, she is uh, she is a sweetheart. It's my dog, Roxy. We got, I don't know, we got a couple in there. I don't even know. There's animals all over the fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Jess, this has been fun. Katie, you want to add anything on the way out? Just be kind. Be kind. Be kind. Be kind. I like that. We should We should end with that more often. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of the Porchville Podcast. I'm here with Jess and Katie, and uh, you can go over to Rehabited.com and uh, check her out. So, uh, PorchvillePod.com, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, send us some mail, give us some love, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs>